Hello and welcome to the More Than Milk podcast. It is 7 a.m. on a Sunday morning and I am very surprised to see that everyone in my house is asleep. So hopefully it will remain that way while I record this podcast for you. For those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Heidi Kim. I am trained as a birth doula. I am a mother of... Um, two children here on earth. I have given birth three times and I have experienced breastfeeding all the way through to the weaning process and I'm currently nursing my, actually she turned five months today, my five month old. Um, And I am hoping to be pursuing an international board certified lactation consultant. So let's go ahead and get started. What I want to talk about today Apart from my intro, if you guys haven't listened to episode one, I talked about who I am and why I'm doing this podcast. You can check that out. Um, Today, I want to talk about how to prepare to breastfeed while pregnant. Um, So I'll talk a little bit about personal experience and then also some other options for some other people. When we decided to prepare for breastfeeding, what we did is we took a breastfeeding course. I gave birth at a birth center and they had a breastfeeding course that was available for free through the birth center. Some hospitals do one as well. Typically, I think you have to pay for it. It depends on the hospital and if you're delivering there, et cetera, Um, as well as some private lactation consultants. Um, Those of you who live in the Tucson area, which is where we used to live, I really highly recommend milk and honey. Um, I don't, I don't get paid for that. They are not sponsors. Although if you want to sponsor me, you're welcome to. Um, but I absolutely love them and I cannot tell you how invaluable they are. And they have a breastfeeding class, but look around. I would really recommend looking for a breastfeeding class that's ideally taught by an international board certified lactation consultant, but there are certainly other people that are qualified to teach breastfeeding classes. Now, when you decide whether or not you're going to go to a breastfeeding class, you might wonder if the non-breastfeeding partner should come with you. At the time, it seemed a little strange to me to bring my husband to our breastfeeding course, but I'm actually really glad that he came because he was able to remember some of the things that I didn't necessarily remember when I was in my postpartum fog um, that was really, really helpful. And I think it also made him just really like gung-ho. I don't know. It. I think it it helped my partner, my husband, to understand how best to support me because sometimes people are trying to be supportive and they actually end up doing the opposite. So anyways, that's a whole separate thing that we could talk about on a whole different podcast. I always come up with podcast ideas while I'm recording, but I would really recommend taking a breastfeeding course. There are other options though. You can do exactly what you're doing right now, which is listening to podcasts. I think podcasts are incredible when you are pregnant and preparing for parenthood uh, because you can listen to them while you're doing whatever it is that you're doing. I like to listen to podcasts while I'm cleaning or in the car or just kind of throughout the day. And especially if you have older children at home, I think that podcasts are a really easy medium to learn things. So you know, listen to the More Than Milk Breastfeeding podcast. But I'm also going to give you a couple other breastfeeding podcasts because 
there's room to share. Um, There are a few that I really, really love. I talked about in my first episode how much I really, really adore the Be Breastfeeding Outside of the Box podcast. Now that's a little bit more specialized. It's going to be for people who are breastfeeding in unusual circumstances, perhaps those who have had breast reduction surgery or are uh, breastfeeding a child that they have not given birth to, or I don't know, cancer, those kinds of things. So you might want to check that out if you know that you already have a kind of a special circumstance. If you do have one of those special circumstances, things like you think you might have insufficient glandular tissue, which if you guys are interested in, I could do a different podcast about, or you're concerned about perhaps your nipple anatomy, you have flat or inverted nipples, or you've had previous breast surgery, all those kinds of things, anything that you think is beyond the scope of kind of a traditional class, I would recommend actually meeting with a lactation consultant prenatally um, because they can look at your specific situation and kind of help you out with that. Um, So like I said, Breastfeeding Outside the Box, it's an amazing podcast that I absolutely adore. Another podcast that I really like is the All Things Breastfeeding Podcast Or there's actually a really interesting one called All About Breastfeeding, which is made by Lori Jill Eisenstadt, who lives here in Phoenix, which is also where I live. And she has um, a really interesting podcast because she'll interview people about their personal breastfeeding experiences. So you guys can check any of those out. Those are all free on iTunes. I'm sure that there are more than those, but those are the ones that I'm personally familiar with. Uh, Beyond that, there are also some podcasts that will help with pregnancy and childbirth. I'm sure you guys are familiar, but if you are not, The Birth Hour is a really great resource for those of you looking for birth stories as well. Um, Books are also a really, really good option. My favorite book by far is no surprise, I'm sure, and I think most people have heard of it, but if you haven't, I would get my hands on The Womanly Art of Breastfeeding. It's kind of like the La Leche League Manifesto, and the thing that's really nice about it is it's it's kind of set up like a, oh, how, how would I say it? It's kind of set up really easily for postpartum. Like, it's set up in easy sections that are easy to look up. So when you're suddenly having an issue that perhaps you weren't expecting to have, you can go to that part of the book and easily find it, which I also really, really enjoy. Another thing that I think is really, really helpful in preparing to breastfeed is if you can join breastfeeding groups on Facebook, for example. Um, Here in Phoenix, we have a breastfeeding group called Breastfeeding Mamas of the Phoenix Area. Um, And I think that just kind of being present and lurking there, you can see how other parents are dealing with breastfeeding issues as they come up, which is nice. I'm not necessarily certain that that's the best way to prepare, but it certainly doesn't hurt. You can also go to breastfeeding support groups. There are many, many different breastfeeding support groups. Most hospitals will have a breastfeeding support group that you can look into in your area. La Leche League is everywhere. La Leche League has some really interesting um, breastfeeding support. They have like a series of four different things that they go through where they talk about um, preparing to breastfeed, nutrition, weaning, all those kinds of things. But they also have time that they take out just for specific questions and to ask kind of one-on-one sort of stuff. And it's a really cool place to be. 
I think that going to a La Leche League meeting while you are expecting is a great plan. One, because there's nothing that breastfeeding parents like to do more than take an expectant parent underneath their wing and talk about nursing and prepare them, but also it sets up a community for you. I think one of the most important things that you can do when you're preparing to breastfeed while you are pregnant is plan to have a community. Plan to have people, ideally people who have breastfed before you, that are available to you when you have questions. Those Facebook groups are really nice for in the middle of the night. There are some things that I don't particularly like about the Facebook groups. Um, One of them is parents tend to post pictures of enormous amounts of milk that they've pumped, which can be really discouraging if you are not pumping that enormous amount of milk because then you think that's normal. But for the most part, I think those are really, really nice because when you're having an issue in the middle of the night, someone else is probably on that group and is probably awake. But I also think that there's a huge value in knowing people personally who have nursed, who can answer your questions. So part of the class that we took, we talked about who's kind of your on-call breastfeeding support. And I went through all the people that I had known who had previously nursed and just wrote down their name and their phone number so that I could text them and ask questions. And at the time, it felt a little bit silly because... I think that when you are expecting, you feel like nursing just comes easily and there shouldn't be any issues. But honestly, I don't know anyone who hasn't had at least a couple hiccups here and there. And having access to someone who has done this before you can be very, very helpful. So from my personal experience, I had a friend that I went to church with. Um, Her name was Renee, who... I was able to text and say, Roslyn will not nurse on one side. I cannot get her to latch. She'll latch on one side, but she won't latch on the other, or she'll latch and she won't suckle. And because this mother had nursed, she was able to say, oh, here's a little trick I learned. You can do what's called the cigarette hold and hold your nipple in this special way so that it's easier for her to shape her mouth around it and tickle this little part of her chin or this little part of her shoulder in order to trigger her to suckle once she's latched. Those kinds of tricks are not something that you're going to necessarily read in a book or remember from a breastfeeding class because you don't know what issues are going to come up until they come up. So having several moms that you can text and ask questions to is very, very beneficial. And even better yet, you can ask them, hey, will you text me a few days postpartum and ask me how nursing is going? Because if you know that that support is coming, I think it can be really, really, really helpful. Um, Some other ways that you can prepare beyond books and beyond classes and support groups is actually preparing your breast. Now, some of you guys are cringing right now. I hate the idea of necessarily preparing your breast. Um, A generation ago, they used to tell mothers to rub their nipples. They still say this in some cultures, to rub their nipples with rough washcloths, which just sounds awful while you're pregnant, but also, um, you know, even, even horrible things like scouring pads. Don't 
do that. You actually could be doing damage by doing that. That will make breastfeeding harder. Nursing might be uncomfortable, but if it is painful, and if it is painful beyond just those first few seconds of latching, like if it is painful throughout the entire nursing session, or if it is painful between nursing sessions, that is not common. And if you are having pain like that, you need support. So preparing your breasts is not a necessary thing. But what you can do, provided that you are in a healthy pregnancy and that you are approved for sexual activity. So this is not something that you want to do if you are on pelvic rest. And you probably want to wait until you're in your later later part of your pregnancy. What I did is a little bit of hand expression and just kind of like touching your breasts, massage your breasts. When you're in the shower, massage. Um, you can kind of, if you come from the back of the breast and kind of grab a little bit of breast tissue and squeeze forward, don't pinch the actual nipple, but pinch towards the areola. You can get a couple of droplets sometimes. If you don't, don't freak out. Um, you can get a couple of droplets of colostrum. And if you express that into like a little teaspoon, you can suck it into a syringe and put it in your freezer. And then that way, if you do have any complications, perhaps you're separated from your baby or perhaps your baby has low blood sugar like my most recent baby did or jaundice like my older daughter did. Um, you can supplement with your own colostrum instead of having to deal with either supplementing with artificial milk via formula or perhaps using donor milk. Um, you can use your own colostrum, which we know is the most ideal way if you have to supplement, to supplement with mom's own milk. But doing that also, I think, prepares your breast. I found to have your milk come in a little bit faster. Now, this is just speaking from personal experience here. And of course, each subsequent child, it's often that your milk comes in a little bit faster. So this is not necessarily scientific, but I will say that I did this with my most recent pregnancy. After I was 37 weeks, I started doing a little bit of hand expression. She was born at 40 weeks and I was able to have a little bit in my freezer, which we could have used when she had a little bit of blood sugar problems early on. Um, and I also found that my milk came in a little bit faster. Whereas my older daughter, I had a little bit of a more complicated pregnancy with. I was on pelvic rest with her. And so I didn't do this because obviously if you're on pelvic rest, you really shouldn't be having nipple stimulation either. Um, and my milk took a little bit longer to come in. Now there are a lot of factors that can factor in why milk comes in a little bit later or earlier, and it's not necessarily a bad thing if it does come in a little bit on the later side, so closer to day three than, you know, closer to day four, that kind of thing. Um, but I think that it can also really build confidence. You know that your colostrum is there. Colostrum is in your body from the time that you are halfway through your pregnancy. And I've heard different things depending on what resource I've been looking at. Uh, when I did my lactation training for my doula training, I learned 16 weeks. I have also heard at the end of your first trimester, so like 13 weeks or so. 
but definitely by 20 weeks, there should be colostrum there. And it is the delivery of the placenta that makes your milk come in. Some really important things that I think nursing parents should know is that breastfeeding is supply and demand. And this might seem like really basic knowledge. I remember they talked about it in our lactation training um, when I did my lactation class with my older daughter. And I felt like, well, obviously it's supply and demand. But I don't know a parent that has not at some point doubted their supply. And sometimes it feels a little counterintuitive. Sometimes you want to wait until your breasts feel a little bit full so that you feel like there's more milk there when the child nurses. But the reality is the more you empty your breast, the more milk your body will make. And those kinds of things I think are really important to know. Other things that you might learn in your breastfeeding class are things about um, baby's first latch. They'll talk a little bit about skin to skin, the importance of skin to skin. Skin to skin is really great at establishing and maintaining your milk supply, but it's important for other reasons as well. It helps, especially a baby when they're really early on, um, maintain their, their uh, temperature. Um, and particularly if you're doing skin to skin with the baby's biological mother, but even if you do skin to skin with the father or grandma or someone else, it's still very beneficial for baby. Um, you might see a couple of videos of the first latch. I would really encourage you guys to go check out YouTube. You can look up what's called the breast crawl. Excuse me. You can look up what's called the breast crawl, which is a really cool thing to see. Um, watch newborn babies crawl up mommy's chest and go to latch. Now I will say I have worked as a birth doula. I have seen children do this and it is so cool to watch. Um, I've also seen babies that didn't do that and needed a little bit more help and that's okay too. It's fine if your child doesn't. But one of the things that I really like about watching the breast crawl is it teaches you something called biological nurturing or laid back breastfeeding. Um, there are lots of different breastfeeding positions and they might teach you that in your course as well. Sometimes they talk about the football hold or the cradle or cross cradle or even sideline. I'm a huge fan of sideline by the way. But I find that especially when you have a newborn, the laid back position, which is different than being completely flat on your back, black, bleh, which is different than being completely flat on your back. That was really hard to say, but rather kind of at a recline and letting baby kind of lay across you, ideally completely skin to skin, tummy to tummy, feet to tummy with nothing in between you, but a diaper, um, allows babies to actually kind of latch themselves and use gravity. And so if you watch that video, you can see kind of how that baby does that. And it really helps you to not feel like you're fumbling quite as much trying to get baby to latch. And then some of their natural instincts, like how they always have their hands by their mouth, actually help them to latch on when they're in this particular position. Whereas if you are holding them in say like a football hold, it always feels like their hands are in the way. <laughs> so I would really encourage you guys to watch that, but usually you'll watch that during a breastfeeding class 
which is really, really great. Another thing that they might talk about is the fact that immediately postpartum, your breasts are the, or your areola is the darkest it's ever going to be. And that's to help baby figure out how to latch there. And the smell actually smells like amniotic fluid. Now I do want to say sometimes you're separated and it can feel really frustrating. And I remember thinking, gosh, if this first hour goes awry or if something goes wrong, everything will be lost. But really the most important days for establishing your milk supply are days 10 to 14. So even if you don't get to have this perfect first hour or baby doesn't latch perfectly, just remember all hope is not lost. Another thing that you might learn in one of these classes is when to seek help because some people are going to have nursing challenges. Not everyone, but some people will. And where to go to get that help. So whether that's finding a lactation consultant, perhaps your hospital has a lactation consultant if you're giving birth in the hospital, um, or breastfeeding support groups, perhaps your birth center has one. I talked about Milk and Honey. I talked about La Leche League. Breastfeeding USA is another really good one to look up. I don't know ones in other countries. I know La Leche League is something that's available in other countries. But those kinds of things are things you can go to prenatally and certainly postpartum if you're having challenges as well. And then the last thing that I would say in terms of preparing to breastfeed is to know that there is help out there. If you guys are planning to return to work, because I feel like this is a big concern and was certainly a big concern of mine when I was pregnant, I want to do a separate podcast devoted just to pumping and just to returning to work because it is a lot to cover. Um, but just know that it's important to seek help. It's okay to seek help. I wish I had done it when I had Rosalind. And not everyone is necessarily going to have challenges. And that's great too. And I would really encourage you to do exactly what you're doing right now. Listen to podcasts um, and look for other resources. I forgot to mention one other book, which is a Dr. Jack Newman's book. I think it's called like The Ultimate Guide to Breastfeeding. I know it has two different titles, one in Canada and one in the United States. So if you look up Dr. Jack Newman's breastfeeding book, that can be very, very helpful as well. And I think the biggest thing when you're pregnant is to prepare for breastfeeding because a lot of times when we are expecting, we focus so much on the birth and I do not want to undermine that. The birth is very important and can be super important to a lot of us. I really am glad that I prepared for birth the way that I did. But then we expect, because breastfeeding is natural, that it will come naturally. And it doesn't always. And so preparing for that ahead of time and having those resources available, I think make a huge, huge difference. Anyways, I hope that you guys enjoyed the More Than Milk podcast this week. I hope that this this 
podcast was helpful. If you want to see me more often, you can check me out over on Heidi Kim TV on YouTube. And if you'd like to help make this um, podcast sustainable, you can check us out on our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash more than milk. As of right now, we are only on SoundCloud, but perhaps by the time you're listening to this, we might be on iTunes. And I haven't even looked into Stitcher yet. So hopefully we will have the podcast on those other mediums soon. And I just really appreciate so much you guys listening and I hope that you guys enjoyed. I will talk to you next week. Bye.